You are listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. This is a podcast about maternal mental health. Disclaimer, we are not professionals. We are moms who've experienced this ourselves and want to share our stories and stop the stigma. Heads up, some content may be triggering. We are recording from the Stone Sheba podcast studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and more. Hey everybody, this is Leslie. And I'm Lindsay. And we are here with Sam. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Thank Good. you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So um, let's kind of start a little bit about you. You have a little girl. Little girl, Emery. She's one. Cute name. Thank that you. That is a really cute name. I Thank love you. that. And she's one and she's your only one and only one and only cool so far yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so kind of tell us about prior to her had you heard anything about postpartum before were you aware of what it was yeah I had heard about it before and um I was kind of planning not planning on it but being prepared for it um I even remember having a conversation with my husband and he was like what if you get postpartum depression and I think I was a little bit in denial. I was like, no, I'll be fine. You know, it's fine. Cause I was feeling great. Like I had a great pregnancy. I was really excited. And then it just like hit, hit me out of nowhere, you know, even though like I knew about it and I knew it was a real possibility. And, you know, my doctors were pretty thorough. I feel like they're a lot more aware of it now. Yeah, and so before I had her while I was in the hospital they did like a questionnaire and then they called me like two or three days after I went home from the hospital and did another follow-up and then that's pretty awesome because we have not heard of people being screened like that really yeah no yeah like that's the goal is to have people screened and to hear that you were that's really great Yeah. yeah and then um when I went to my daughter's pediatrician appointment the pediatrician was asking me questions That's about awesome. myself. Yeah, That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, that was so great. Woo. I know. So it's Sorry. definitely <laughs> we gotta get over our excitement that there's actually no. happening. <laughs> yeah, I I was surprised too. I I didn't realize that like, oh, they're really taking this seriously. You know, they yeah. want to because I had, um, like I said, I've heard about it and I remember reading a story one time about like a woman here in Utah who had really severe postpartum depression. She actually. Um, committed suicide and i believe they they've started like a family effect yes yes that's Mm -hmm. what it was so i had read about that and i've seen billboards along the freeway about stuff you know so i think it's starting to become more talked about and like i said my experience i was asked a lot by professionals about it and how when you were asked how were you feeling at the time at the time i I don't know if it really set in quite yet. I think it was still the like shock and overwhelmingness. And I told myself like, this is normal. You know, you've just had a baby, like you're really overwhelmed. Yeah. And so I don't, I actually don't think I was completely honest. I think I should have been a little bit more honest when they asked me those questions. But I just thought to myself like, I'm fine. This is normal to feel this way after just having had a baby, you know? Yeah. Well, because it's such a life change and you've never done it before. You don't know what to expect. Right. It's like a shock. Yeah. Had you experienced any um, mental health issues at all in your life prior? Yes. So when I was little, um, it's so funny because I don't like really talk about it with my parents, but I remember 
just going and seeing what I assume was a therapist now that I think back on it. I, I was young, probably seven or eight. So I don't really remember a whole lot about it, but I have like faint memories of meeting with somebody and then being on medication. And I'm pretty sure it was for depression and anxiety because I was a really anxious kid. My parents would tell you that like when I was really little, probably two or three, I think it kind of manifested in like an OCD type thing. They said I always had to have my my jacket zipped up all the way. My ponytail had to be like perfectly smooth and really, really tight. And my shoes had to, and I'm still this way to this day, actually, about my shoes. They have to feel the same tightness on each other or else I have to, like, retie them so that, does that make sense? Yeah, that totally does. Yeah, yeah. So just things like that. And I was really anxious about, like, my schoolwork, even in elementary school. And so I think my parents were kind of like, this (laughs) is a little more than just, like, normal, you know. So I do remember that. And then I don't remember when I stopped taking medication. It just kind of, I don't know if I grew up a little bit. And my parents were like, you're doing great. And I don't know. So I haven't taken medication since for that. But I have. And I feel like I've managed it pretty well. But I would definitely say that I still experience anxiety for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when it, you didn't experience any postpartum or what any of that um, when you were pregnant. No. It just Mm-mm. came on after. So tell us about your after. childbirth and when that set in. So, um, like I said, my pregnancy was pretty easy for the most part compared to, uh, you know, stories I hear of other women. Um, I didn't really have morning sickness, more just kind of like nauseous. Um, and then other than that, I felt great. I loved being pregnant. And then labor, I was in labor for almost 13 hours, probably. So not off. I honestly was expecting worse from what I'd heard from people about your first time. I was expecting like 24 plus hours Mm -hmm. being in labor. And I labored overnight, which was actually great. I had an epidural, so I was able to sleep most of it, Mm -hmm. which was great. So I woke up and they're like, okay, you're at a 10. You're ready to push. Let's do it. And I pushed for over two and a half hours. And I was not expecting that at all. And, I mean, the nurse had said, you know, most first-time moms push between two to three hours. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. No, two and a half hours. (laughs) I was exhausted. Emery, her head, she kept, like, turning her head. And the doctor would have to come in and, like, reposition it to get it the way that they're supposed to come out. And finally after yeah after two and a half hours he said you know you can keep pushing or I can help you with the forceps which I did not want at all I had seen that miracle of life video and I'd watched him (laughs) use it like no I don't want that anywhere near me but at that point I was just so exhausted I'm like yeah whatever we'll get her out yeah then he said there's also the vacuum that they can use to suction and pull them out um, they tried to use the forceps, but because she kept turning her head, he couldn't get the right grip. And so he was like, it's too dangerous to use the forceps. So I'm going to use a vacuum, but I only get two chances. And then after this, like after the second attempt, if I don't get it, we're going to have to do a C-section because there's, I'm not going to be able to do anything more without causing damage, which, which I'm grateful for, you know, I'm grateful that he knew what his limits were. And, um, thankfully, after the second attempt he was able to pull her head out so 
Yay. For me, I mean, and I've heard way worse stories, but I think for me, it was really kind of almost traumatic. I was not expecting it to take that long. I wasn't expecting it to be as difficult for her to make her entrance. Um, And by the time she finally came out, I was sobbing. I was so exhausted. My husband said he was like, you were so red. I wasn't sure if you were going to pass out. And um, they... Oh, and she pooped on her way out, which was great. There <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah, I know. And so Here I come. my husband didn't get to cut the cord, which he was really excited for. So it was really kind of chaotic because the doctor had hurry and cut the cord. They handed her off to some NICU nurses that they had called in just to make sure she hadn't swallowed any of it. And so I don't think I got that like initial, like they place, place your baby on your chest and oh my gosh. And I was just in so much shock from and exhausted that I didn't have that experience I don't know I feel like you hear women say like the minute I saw my baby like I was in love and I did not have that at all and I like to this day still feel a little bit of almost like shame over that you know to say I was not in love with her I was exhausted and that honestly I was more concerned that everything with me was okay at that point and when they finally brought her over I just kind of held her and I was like, who's this person, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And I, that was hard. I think maybe, I don't know if I would say that was the start of it, but I think there's that almost foundation of it where I didn't feel that immediate connection to her. And then I'm just so overwhelmed with what just happened and um, what my body had been through. Fast forward a little bit too. I was... I attempted to nurse her. That was my plan. I wanted to try to breastfeed. And um, the first day was okay. Um, and then the second day was when it really set in. Like, this is kind of painful. You know, the nurses are coming in every <coughs> two hours and waking you up to try to get you to nurse. And I kept telling you, like, I don't know if she's even getting anything because she would only suck for a little bit and fall asleep. And like, it's normal. And at one point, they had, like, a little tube that they were, like, putting in her mouth while I was trying to breastfeed her. And then when I wasn't doing that, then I was pumping. And it was just all so overwhelming that I broke down in tears to my husband. I said, I don't know if I can do this. This is so overwhelming. I'm exhausted. And um, I was really grateful in that moment because he said, you know, whatever, whatever happens, like, going to be okay so if you choose to do it that's great if not that's okay too and I think that that is where a lot of my depression and anxiety actually came from Mm -hmm. um was breastfeeding it was awful I hated every single minute of it and that's really hard for me because it is so I know how great it should be and you hear women just talk about like this amazing bonding experience with their baby and you're told over and over and over how amazing um breast milk is for your baby it's the best option and it's the option that you should go for and it's pushed so much like just push through your feelings push through it's hard but you know at one point someone said to me you have to give it two months And I remember thinking, two months? 
that's a long time to feel the way that I'm feeling. Just it, to hope that it gets better. At one point, I told my husband, I was like, I don't know if I have two months. I don't. When we were at home, just, and she had jaundice um, to the point where we had to bring in a billy bed um, and put in her crib. And so she had to be in that all day unless we were feeding her or changing her. And then she had to go back in it. And she was in it for two or three days, maybe. So that was really hard. Um, I have this new baby and then I can't even hold her because she's in, you know, in the billy bed, which was great because I obviously wanted her jaundice to to go away. But that was hard. And then just all of the new mom overwhelm feelings. And I remember one night when I got up to try and feed her and I was just like, is this how it's going to be for the rest of I mean for the first year at least you know is doing this and I remember having the thought that you know if she didn't wake up that I wouldn't have to feed her and I was like is that that is not normal to feel that way to like wish that your child won't wake up because you're so exhausted and so overwhelmed with trying to breastfeed and that was the moment and I I had been talking to my mom about it as well and I just said I just feel this like overwhelming like there was this crushing feeling almost every time it came time to feed her and my mom said you know what it does not matter if you breastfeed her or not you were not breastfed and neither of your sisters were breastfed you guys all turned out great and I think finally having that almost like permission from my mom that I was okay not to do it immediately this weight was like lifted from my shoulders I was like I don't have to do this if I don't want to and we switched to formula and that's how she was fed and it was the best thing I could have ever chosen to do for me and my baby because I I did not want to feel like that anymore the guilt and the shame even just like on the formula bottles i've said this before but the formula bottles even say like breast milk is best yes it's like i'm giving you money yes you support me okay i'm supporting you financially you Mm. support me okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i couldn't believe that it's like no how about i just have a baby that's alive and eating food Mm -hmm. yes how's that yes i remember thinking this was a while down the road when i had finally you know come to terms with like yep we're bottle feeding it's great and i was starting to feel a little bit better and i remember i told one of my friends actually i was like you know i could have either breastfed my child or she could have had her mom so mm-hmm. yeah which was more important mm-hmm. you know that she was fed yeah and had a mom who was there and present and wanted to be with her and spend time with her or had a mom who resented her i'm just hearing you say so many things that are making me like I've I've heard that women have this immediate bond like they look at their baby and they have this immediate bond or I've heard that you you know that breastfeeding is so wonderful and breast milk is so much better and how we're surrounded by that we're surrounded by this expectation that things are supposed to be a certain way and then when they're not we beat ourselves up and make ourselves feel like failures Mm -hmm. even though there are so many women that don't feel that way it's just not talked about Mm mm-hmm and so we allow ourselves to get in our head and tell ourselves that we're doing it wrong or that we're not good enough because 
we're not doing what we thought we were going to be able to do. Right. When, like you said, you finally had that permission. Yes. Like, okay, we can, we can move on. We're done with that part. Now we just, you know, now we can get on with our lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. And parent our kids and raise our kids and be good moms. But it's hard because even when you come to terms with that, and even to this day, I am 100% grateful with the decision that I made. I'm confident in it, but I still feel guilty that I didn't try harder, that I didn't give it longer. And it's hard when people say stuff. Yeah, That's when it's hard because, you know, sometimes you're all in your head about it. Mm-hmm. But I remember I one time... Because I also went back to work full time two months after having my baby, Um, which was actually really good for me. I'm glad I did that. Um, But I ran into uh, an acquaintance one time after work. I just ran to the store and she said, oh, where's your baby? And I said, oh, she's at home with with her dad, you know, and she goes, oh, Oh, and I said, I'm working full time, you know, so I just got off work. And she goes, oh, well, how are you pumping? <laughs> you know, just immediately yeah. the the um, expectation mm-hmm. or just just to assume. Assume. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Assume that. They oh, probably mean well. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. totally meant well. And she breastfed her babies. And so you know, that's just people think that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And. They don't realize what a comment like that is doing mm-hmm. to you. Exactly. Yeah, it's like when you ask someone, well, when are you having your next kid? It's yes. like, hey, maybe I can't. Yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, we just never know. Yes. You never know. Yeah. And people are, like you said, they're well-intentioned, mm-hmm. you know? But Some people. <laughs> you don't know the backstory at all behind what people are going through when you ask questions like that. Yeah. And I said, oh, we're actually bottle feeding. So, and I just went about my day, Good you know, you. but thankfully at that point I had come to terms with it and I was confident yeah. in my decision. But like I said, it's still hard when people assume and, and almost the look that you get like, oh, you didn't breastfeed. <laughs> Mm. I didn't either, mm. so I t- I'm so feeling this right now. No. Oh, I did for like two weeks, and then I was like, I'm burning my pump. Yes. I'm burning it. I'm having a ritual. It's gone forever. <laughs> I, I still have mine. You want to come over and we'll yes. burn it? I'm so serious. I burned the box. That's amazing. No joke. Well, I, I didn't know. burn the pump. I donated it to someone, but the yes. box, I burned it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm j- I just so feel you right now yeah. on that. It's and crazy. I, yeah, and I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't even know if I want to try it in the future. Truly. Yeah. Because I'm not going through that again. That was awful. Well, and listening to you, I'm thinking back to my breastfeeding experience with my last two babies. And I was miserable. And Mm -hmm. it was a full two months that every time they would cry and it was time to feed them, I would get sick to my stomach Mm -hmm. because I was like, not again. Like, I can't do it again. It hurts so much. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what I would have done if I would have had somebody say, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. But instead, I forced myself to do it. And it was not a pleasant experience. Those two months are so long. That's so long. You're feeding that baby like eight times a day. Yeah. You know, it's like literal hell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That you have to keep doing <laughs> like all day. You, yeah. And all night. And all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Because they have to eat. And that's the thing for me. I had to tell myself like. This is an innocent child who knows no different. She is just looking for food. Mm-hmm. And when it 
it doesn't matter what it comes from a bottle from my boob matter she didn't care yeah Mm -hmm. she did not care who was feeding her as long as she was getting fed yeah my husband said to me once leslie my one of my best friends is adopted and he's like lisa's fine Mm -hmm. she grew up fine Mm -hmm. she's smart yep (laughs) she's she's okay yeah she wasn't breastfed Uh uh-huh and so i think that logic because when you're in it you're like yeah but like that logic of wait a minute there's so many kids that weren't breastfed that so many just fine none of that crap matters and in the grand scheme of things it's such a small it's so small so small but it feels so big like i don't want to take away from that because right it's so small Yeah, when you're in the moment it's the only thing only thing yeah you're like no but i gotta do this and i've got all this pressure and, and one year feels like an eternity mm-hmm. oh one day like the yes the concept of doing this for a year like you said in the grand scheme of things it's one year yeah. but when you're in it yeah one year is it's, forever yeah Ugh. and you feel like you're never gonna get out of it yeah yeah good for you Ugh, thank sorry you. <laughs> you just totally hijacked no, wherever yeah. you were going but I cannot even say it enough. I'm so grateful that you yeah. just said all that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was one of my intentions coming on here is I just wanted to put it out there that if you do not breastfeed your baby, you are an amazing mom. And like you said, your child is going to be just fine. They are going to grow up and be as perfectly healthy and normal as every other kid out there. It's not on a college application if you are <laughs> breastfed or formula fed. You know what I mean? No one cares. And that's going to be so refreshing for so many women to hear. Yeah. It's like we almost need permission from someone else yes. to not breastfeed, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And that was it's for so me. Weird. Was my mom saying, you weren't breastfed. Mm-hmm. If this is causing you so much trouble, don't worry about it. Let it go. And I appreciate, I will say, I appreciate um, my healthcare providers because while I was in the hospital, the nurses were a little pushy, I will say, about breastfeeding. Um, and I get it. But when I went for my six-week follow-up appointment with my um, OBGYN, he just said, breastfeeding or bottle feeding? And I said, bottle feeding? He said, great. Mainly just to know for my body and health-wise um, what was going on. He didn't make one mention about it and then and you're probably going into that appointment like terror what if they ask yes panic yeah Mm -hmm. like formulating like my answer and it's like you have to prove yourself to people you know and then her pediatrician that was the one i was the most worried about was the pediatrician trying to explain you know oh i'm not and same thing he said breast or bottle feeding i said bottle feeding he said great moved on to the next question amazing and i was like i have found the perfect pediatrician didn't even question at all it was so great and he said we have some sample cans of formula i'll grab you some before you leave on your way out that's so great amazing amazing. because you kind of almost feel like i compared this because we had nurses come over all the time Mm because we were in canada when we had my son okay and they would come over and they would like give me all this pressure mm-hmm. and i was like i feel like i'm getting pulled over by police officers yes and i have to like hurry and come up with some legitimate reason why yes. i was speeding <laughs> it's, it's exactly so what it's like uh-huh why? yes okay anyway. yeah anyway so once you decided to stop breastfeeding what happened from there from there i think that definitely eliminated some of it um but then there was the issue of she had horrible reflux Mm. and 
again i want to say i don't think it would have mattered if she was breastfed or formula fed because Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of their sphincter in their esophagus is not mature enough and the milk just comes up doesn't matter what they're fed um and she was oh it was awful i like right now i'm like reliving it thinking oh my gosh (laughs) and i remember thinking baby spit up like that's normal i've heard of that you know i'm prepared not it was like projectile Mm. spitting and at a point where i was like did she even get any of that bottle i'm pretty sure she just spit the entire thing (laughs) all your money yeah i know (laughs) so and then that's the problem with the formula feeding you're like oh my gosh that was like thirty dollars right there no just kidding (laughs) um and i remember talking to her doctor and he's like you know it's probably reflex and they grow out of it and that was kind of you know their answer um which again i understand they're really cautious on giving out medication when they're so young yeah um and it is something that they will grow out of as their digestive system matures but that was so overwhelming as well i remember one time um i was talking to my mom it was probably like three or four weeks after and my husband was feeding her and she had asked how it was going because she knew she was having issues with it and i said oh it's you know it's fine and in that second she just oh. all over my husband the couch the floor all of it and where i'm at now i look back and i think samantha it was not that big of a deal you know it was it's fine it was fine but right then it was like the end of the world Mm -hmm. and i think that's also where i realized like i was struggling with that because it shouldn't have been as big of a deal as it was you know it's easy to clean up it's pretty common Mm -hmm. but i would just get so frustrated and just like angry almost why won't you just keep this down i'm trying to feed you you know yeah and then she is screaming i'm almost in tears and so that was really hard and i think that kept my anxiety around for a while because i was just afraid like is she eating enough um and then the frustration of having to clean her up every time we fed her and they stink and it stinks and it's all over me and then i have to change my clothes or shower and you know that was really hard and i think that like i said kind of kept me in that feeling of almost this rut and i i'd say i probably felt that way for a good six months yeah just not feeling myself that's what I ended up telling my husband, I said, it's, I just feel out of my body. I do not feel like myself at all. And I almost feel like I'm looking, I'm on the outside, like looking in a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't feel like myself, this little tiny person. I don't really feel connected to. I was like angry and frustrated at my husband over just little things, you know, And I truly, I think five or six months was when I finally started to feel normal again. Like I felt like myself again. I felt like I was connecting more with my daughter, Um, which I think in part is, you know, as they get older, they just get more fun. Mm -hmm. You know, the newborn stage is, is fun. They're just so cute and you get to hold them, but it's hard 
connection wise i felt like for me Mm -hmm. because that's all they do is sleep and eat Mm -hmm. and that's all and then as she got older and would smile and interact and laugh that's when i finally felt connected to her and i think once i finally got that connection from her i physically started six months i finally started to feel myself Mm. physically like healing wise i thought okay i think i'm finally over the trauma i went through and i felt like my hormones had finally started to level out and that was another thing my hair fell out so badly and no one told me that that was a thing that happened and i remember one time i was in the shower and i just pulled out a clump of hair and i just started bawling i was like are you kidding me it's not enough (laughs) that i already feel so out of my body i have the baby weight still which is a whole that was a whole other thing i feel like but I just physically don't feel myself and then my hair which i was very proud of started falling out she oh. has beautiful hair she by does the way. Just oh say. you guys are so nice <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is i feel like it's finally a year 14 months later starting to go back to normal yeah that postpartum hair loss is horrible oh, i yeah, get like, it so bad come on why did the picture yeah. us <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and it takes like it really hit my self-esteem so hard and you which is so silly that it's something as much as just like losing your hair but my identity know. is my hair yeah there's no shame in that yeah that's not silly and just on top of everything oh, yeah. else mm-hmm. just like yeah it's that. just one more thing <laughs> yeah yeah you're like i have no control over anything <laughs> yeah so i think for me the hardest was overcoming um like i said the connection with my daughter and the reflux and then like the physical changes that happened for me because another thing i just remembered this i um started having issues with my gallbladder which i don't know if you guys know or anyone out there listening knows that is a thing it is a real thing that pregnancy messes with your gallbladder really yes and i already had a family history of gallbladder issues so i was just like the perfect storm (laughs) to have problems but my doctor said that something about being pregnant like your hormonal changes it changes the way the bile forms Hmm. and it causes gallstones oh and if anybody out there has had this problem you know how awful Mm. it is and it is so painful and i was and it was right around the time i was starting to finally feel like myself again and then this happened and i just i told my husband I can't catch a break. Uh-uh. I cannot catch a freaking break. I'm finally starting to feel normal again. And now I need to get my gallbladder removed. It's just, it's hard. And people do not prepare you for all the changes that you go through. Yeah. Totally. To have a baby. You just think, oh, here's my baby. Everything's yeah. good. Yeah. It's great. You'll have a baby. It'll be so fun. And when go did, back to normal. When did the <laughs> When did the reflux, like, chill out or kind of fade away? Mm. A long time. It took really? a long time. Mm, probably once we started solids around... F- we started... We tried around four months because that was our doctor's suggestion. Um, and she was eh about it. So we tried again around six months. And once she started eating more solid foods, um, it helped a lot just because... Um, 
it isn't as easy to come up, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, as milk. So probably just six, six so plus around months. that time you were yeah. feeling better anyway. Yeah, and so I was finally feeling better. The reflux was getting better, and I had finally, you know, this is, we, me and my husband had a system of, like, three burp rags per feeding, and just, <laughs> you know, we had it figured out how we would take care of it, so... Um, but even to this day, I don't know if it's still a little bit of reflex or what it is, but she will still occasionally spit up mm. and it's just like, oh my gosh. Okay, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse now because she eats normal food. So <laughs> yeah. So it's not the cute baby spit up no. anymore. It's like, it's the gross, the stuff. stinky. Yeah. yeah the worst. So when you would go to your follow-up pediatrician appointments, did they continue to ask you questions about you? Um, or was it just that first appointment? I think it was the first two okay. that I remember. And then I'm pretty sure it was her like two to three day and then two week appointments. And then around her two months, I don't think they asked me anything anymore. And so. when did you start to realize that you weren't like that? Maybe it was something more than just overwhelm. Probably a m- month or so in. And did you talk to anybody else or just your husband? I mean, you talked to your mom and she said, you know, it's okay to stop breastfeeding. Yeah. I truly, I don't think I ever have expressed to anybody the full extent of how I felt. Not I don't even think my husband fully knows. Yeah. Like I, the story I shared earlier about feeding her, I have never said that to anybody. Yeah. Well, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing it with us. Well, thank you for having me here when you reached out to me i was like i've got to talk about it and just get it out get it out there and off my chest well and your honesty is going to be so refreshing and and you know so many people are going to be able to relate yeah to that so so where are you at with everything today (laughs) so much better um like i said around six months is when i started to finally feel myself and now um i love the age my daughter's at so i think that is really helpful for me um to be able to interact with her and play with her um i physically have finally felt back to myself healing wise like healing wise and i don't feel as hormonal anymore <laughs> you know yeah so now i would say i feel back to myself um but i'm not going to lie i'm terrified to do it again because yeah it takes a while or it took a while for me to get to this point where I finally feel and I feel confident as a mom you know as much as you can (laughs) as much as you can they're always throwing stuff at you that you're like what (laughs) yeah exactly yeah I thought I knew what I was doing what's happening now (laughs) yes you finally get them down and then they learn something new and you're like oh no we gotta learn this sick or they get teeth and it's just one thing after another that you're like "Hmm, the teeth you're just never gonna let me figure you out she is getting her molars right now. Oh, that's oh. so hard. <laughs> I did not realize how awful it was. Oh. Yeah, but but that's the thing is I feel like now I'm at a spot where when these like curveballs are thrown at me and she's learning new things or going through something, I don't feel that crushing like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, how are we ever going to get through this? It's more just like, okay, it can be a little bit frustrating, but there we'll is, we can move through. Yeah, we can move on. We can make it through it. So... Yeah yeah that's where I'm at now and I feel a lot better and I'm just hoping now you know I'm with the next child 
I mean, I hope I don't go through that again, but I feel like I would be way more prepared. And that's the thing with your first kid is you really have no idea what Mm -mm. to expect at all through any of it. Pregnancy, labor and delivery, postpartum, it's all a new, like, a new thing. Yeah. And I don't think... I mean this is so great and it's such a great resource to be prepared but it's hard to be completely prepared for what you could potentially experience you know yeah because it's never really gonna go how you have it envisioned right yeah it's the unknown right (laughs) exactly from conception to yeah yeah, you know adulthood yeah (laughs) yeah who knows what's gonna happen yeah so parenting is freaking hard it really is <laughs> so hard. at every age and they do they change you get used to them and you're like oh i love you stay this way and then they change but the good news is is when they're in a not so good stage that won't last very long because and then change. a good one's coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> i really don't like you in this stage let's move on <laughs> yes Are you ready for the next can we get one? over this part yeah <laughs> can you not do that anymore please okay <laughs> yes so true we clearly have five-year-old boys yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that yep. terrifies me. Oh, it should. <laughs> they're so great. Like, it's just like, they're so great. It's equal amounts of, yes. I love you and I'm going to be crazy for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Boys scare me. I only have sisters. Girls scare me. Really? See? We need people like you and we need people yes. like me. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, yeah, when I found out I was having a girl, I was so excited. <laughs> Because like I know how to handle girls, I don't know what to do with boys. <laughs> well, I have four sisters and I had three boys, so yeah, there you go. Learning experience. Yeah, it was a yeah. I I would say to my husband a lot, "Is this normal?" <laughs> yep, it's normal. <laughs> okay, why? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, they're great. Um, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. So those dark days of the whole nursing thing, or even like in the middle of your labor. Like the worst, probably the worst of times, right? For you. Um, another mom who has that dark cloud hanging mm-hmm. over her and she's sitting here listening to this. That pressure. Yeah. The pressure and mm-hmm. the guilt and the formula bottles that say mm-hmm. all the things or whatever, right? Yeah. Like your darkest thought, because we know there's a hundred moms out there or yes. more that mm-hmm. feel that. Um, what would you tell them? I would tell them to tell somebody. I think that was my biggest regret looking back on it is that I wasn't open as I should have been with people. And I think it's because I I almost didn't think people would believe me, you know? Yeah. Or that people would not take it as seriously as I felt like it was. Um, Because I I feel like the term baby blues gets thrown around a lot, Um, which I'm sure is real. You know, I think... My personal opinion is that every woman probably goes through some kind of definitely yeah depression point yeah. you know whether it's baby blues or or whatever because it's an adjustment for sure you are completely thrown off your routine what you're used to and now you're in charge of taking care of this completely yeah. helpless yeah your life is completely person. changed yeah um but I would say tell tell somebody find someone that you feel safe with you know that you feel like will take you seriously um and I would just share 
share how you're feeling it and be honest about it and because for me I think that would have helped me a lot more if I had just been completely honest and said this is how I'm feeling I don't want to feel this way and I don't feel like I should feel this way um and when your care providers ask you questions be honest with them as well because they just want to help you Mm -hmm. you know and people can't help you if you don't tell them what's going on um I think I did get to a point where my mom she did call me and she was like are you doing okay because I just was not acting myself Mm -hmm. you know I was so upset and irritable and just not pleasant I'm sure and I think you know it kind of tipped her off but even then I didn't share the full story and I wish I would have so that's what I would say is you know be honest find even just that one person that you feel like you can tell if it's your partner if it's a family member a close friend you know or it doesn't I don't Maybe it doesn't even have to be somebody that close to you because maybe they can be a little bit more objective, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Um, like, sitting here and talking with you guys <laughs> feels so good <laughs> because <laughs> you guys can be objective and, you know, you've done a lot of stories with other women and so you get it. Yeah. Um, and then I would say as far as, you know, the nursing thing goes, if there is something about being a mom or parenting that you are struggling with like breastfeeding or I don't know something that can that can be solved like it's okay to not do it it's okay to do it a different way than your mom did it it's okay to do it a different way than your sisters or best friend did it you know and for me that was something that I had to to realize what's it's okay if I don't do it the same way as somebody else does. I love that. You know? That's perfect. I want to quote that. I'm writing <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> because I think if I had told myself that earlier on, I would have avoided so many of the feelings that I had. Yeah. You know? Um because as long as your child is fed, as long as your child is clothed and changed and has somewhere to sleep and if they're loved you know Mm -hmm. that is all that matters and they do not care about anything else at all and truly that's what matters is do what's best for you and what works for you and your partner and what works for you and your baby because it's not going to be the same as somebody else um but if it works for you do it and again if you hate breastfeeding that is so normal i didn't realize it was that normal and it is and it can be so awful and it can also be so wonderful i have a really good friend who loves it and i'm like more power to you i think that is great i will support you in your journey on breastfeeding but also if you hate it i will support you in (laughs) stopping breastfeeding and here for you i am here for you i will watch your child for you i will feed your baby that bottle and you can go out and you can do something that you want to do because i just remembered this too sorry so much that was another thing for me that made me so anxious and depressed was the feeling that my child only could only have me Mm -hmm. i'm the only person who can feed her i'm the only person who can comfort her i'm the only person who can do this and once i gave myself permission to do straight bottle feeding the fact that 
another person could feed my child and I didn't have to worry about pumping wherever I was going or whatever I was doing I could I could go sit through a three-hour Avengers movie and <laughs> yes. I could enjoy it because I knew that my child was being taken care of at home and she didn't need me mm-hmm. like she needs me yeah obviously your child needs you but they don't need you for every single little thing to be taken care of it frees you from that trapped yes feeling yeah isolation Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and that was the that was my biggest thing was i felt trapped yeah and so i would say that too if you just give yourself permission to not have to be the only caretaker of your child um the fact i did go back to work and i worked full time and the fact that my husband stayed home and could watch her was so great because he he became confident in his parenting abilities i was confident and i wasn't worried about her at all because i knew he had her my sister lives here and she was around her from day one and i feel confident leaving her with my sister because she knows her and they have a great bond i would say that too. make sure that you are allowing people to create bond with your child as well because it will be so freeing in the end that you can be confident in letting other people watch your baby mm-hmm. and it's so healthy for the baby yes oh, yeah. to feel so like great. they don't have to be in the same room with their mom all yes. the time mm-hmm. I, it helps them build those social relationships yeah. with yes other people i 100 percent agree with that my daughter and she has such a special and individual relationship with every member of my family and my husband's family and it's so amazing to see that even at she's 14 months old and just to see that relationship she has with each person is so great because that's what I want you know I wanted that for her I want that for any future kids I want them to have relationships with their family their grandparents and you know eventually down the road with friends and other things like that and so just allowing other people to create bonds with your kids as well i think that was so so helpful for me that's fantastic advice i feel like every word you just said is like a little golden gem <laughs> of quotes oh, you're so we're nice. gonna direct quote you all over our instagram for the next five years <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i'm so serious. i'm blushing <laughs> i'm not kidding though i really am um you are just incredible thank and you and i love how bold you are and you're very wise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you are. It's crazy. Um, anything else you want to share with us? I feel like I've gotten everything off my chest. This was very therapeutic. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. We're just so grateful that you found us. We did not know yeah. Sam before she came here tonight no. to be on the podcast. She uh, filled out Leslie's survey, answered some questions, and was willing to share her story with us. And we're just so grateful. Yeah. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has really actually meant a lot to me to be able to come and, you know, share my story and meet you guys. You guys are so great. I love what you're doing. Thank you. You know, allowing women to share their stories because I think that is what's going to help is, like you said, we were talking earlier, you know, when other women can hear that, oh, I'm not alone, you know, that's what that's what will make the difference. I think that's awesome that you guys have this platform well we wouldn't be able to do it without people like you yeah (laughs) bold and brave willing to sit down with two strangers yeah you're amazing (laughs) well thank you thank you so much thanks sam 
Thank you for listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. If you feel like you can relate and would be open to share your story with us, please email us at risingphoenixpodcast at gmail.com. For more information on local and national resources for pregnancy and postpartum health, visit www.postpartum.net or www.psiutah.org. We are recording from the Stone Sheba Podcast Studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and others. Thanks for listening.